AGI is technically a hypothetical type of artificial intelligence that would be as intelligent as a human being. So AGI could be used to analyze a large amount of data on customer orders, historical sales, and other factors to make more accurate predictions. So the AGI's utilization in terms of using machine learning, standard artificial intelligence, and potentially creating the context where can be my next stop if I'm driving and I'm an autonomous vehicle and there's no human uh, actually involved with this. Welcome to Bots and Bytes, the ultimate tech talk podcast. Join us as we journey from the realm of AI to the boundless expanse of the cloud. We'll explore the cutting edge technologies that are reshaping customer experiences and driving businesses to new heights. Prepare to be inspired, informed, and intrigued as we delve into the world of innovation and transformation. I'm your host, Jess Vigorito, and this is Bots and Bytes, a GTS production where tech dreams become reality. Let's dive in. Welcome, tech enthusiasts, to Bots and Bytes, the ultimate tech talk podcast. I'm your host, Jess Figueredo. Today, we're continuing our deep dive into AGI, or Artificial General Intelligence, with Dr. Atif Farid Mohammed, Chief Artificial Intelligence and Data Officer and CISO at Global Technology Solutions. Welcome, Dr. Atif. So happy to have you back here again. Last week, we started a deep dive into an introduction into AGI, and today I want to do a deeper dive into that. So given the potential environmental impact of current AI models, particularly in terms of water consumption, how can companies and researchers address these concerns while still advancing AGI development? So that's a very thoughtful question of yours. Water has... Uh, been in the R&D for quite a while because water is, if it is, it has containment that can actually even kill the people. And uh, the drinking of uh, containment water can be injurious to your health. We cannot drink every water. Water can be heavy. Water can have uh, minerals which can be harmful, which uh, there are spring waters available which are fresh and, and those are for your good for your health. The utilization of uh, AGI to conduct research within the laboratories where the water has been uh, tested or has been goes through under examination and that can be uh, water samples from Antarctic, uh, can be from Arctic and in terms of an ice, that's a history that we are actually extracting out of that. And artificial general intelligence, working with that data and with all the available previous data to align the patterns of mineral in the water and making sure that uh, the water is not treated or treated, because zero and one. If it is treated, then it is one, it has been changed. Uh, there had been some, uh, you know, cleaning things that are been put in the water to clean, and then it's uh, now worth drinking. It can be saline water from ocean, but then the salt that had been extracted out, the AGI can actually go and analyze those chemicals to figure out what are the containments in that, whether they are harmful for 
the fish over there because we as human have tons of uh, debris in going into the ocean and the rivers and all that jazz. So that's, uh, that's an open area. Cities usually spend money to make sure that they provide healthy water to the uh, citizens. And uh, I, I would s- certainly suggest you to look into the uh, National Institute of Health reports on water in different lakes and regions and rivers, because that allows you to look into that how researchers are combining artificial general intelligence and standard machine learning to work on the data that has been extracted out of that simple water that we drink every other day. I think there was a use case for this with COVID where water started to be tested in the sewers and they could predict where the next outbreaks were coming from. Correct. Correct. There had been a study done in Italy and it's pre-computer era. And there was a epidemic that was going in that city. I'm not uh, recalling the name of the city, but it's a real uh, study. When the water was tested, the drinking water was tested on the dogs and on other animals from other city and from this city, there was a significant difference found because in those days, these dogs and, and other animals were used to, uh, to try, run, and test all these uh, uh, tactics to figure out whether it's suitable for human or it's not suitable for human. It was found that one of the very small leakage of the sewer coming into the drinking water. And that's a real story. I, at this very moment, it's uh, out of my head where it was, but it was in Italy and it was a legit study on which they predicted that if we shut down the entire water of the city and make sure that all sewerage lines are looked at and find the leakage, shut it down, and the rest of the clean water, which is technically clean, but with a little bit containment, is removed from the system and rerun happens of the water in those uh, pipes. That's how they figured out and they cured the city. Wow. And that was pre-computer world. Pre-computer arena, yeah. Yeah. So now, sometimes it amazes me how much the evolution of technology, AI and AGI, can improve the human existence on the planet. And how many problems it can solve. I can actually uh, conduct a research while we are here. So there had been pandemics and risks, as you mentioned. Uh, The first thing came out of the Springer Nature journals, infectious disease in the era of global change. That research is still happening. That research is even, you are absolutely correct, that uh, the covid has given us a chance to revisit our actual roots, to be clean, clean hands, clean drinking water, and making sure that none of the containment is coming out in the regular, uh, the, the drainage is going where it should go. It should not come in the water. So yeah, that, that's true. Thank you. Thank you. Can you provide a brief overview of the dish brain approach? What is it and how does it aim to address the energy efficiency and parallel processing challenges posed by AGI? So DishBrain is in very early stages. The DishBrain is a combination of uh, microprocessor and the real 
animal brain cells. They merged in one big tray. That's what that's like called dish brain. It's a dish which has a microprocessor and the uh, animal brain cells. To captivate, to make those cells alive, you know, you need a certain circuits and certain liquid flow, as well as making sure that electricity does not destroy it. Dish brain is the next level of artificial neural networks which are going to actually change the world. And that is where the processing would happen in a multi-processing way, utilizing the actual brain cells. That is still pre-premature. However, that is happening. And that's where we are heading in terms of uh, the decision-making. Once it comes to fruitation, there are results than the utilization of rather computer processors, the uh, molecular bodies can make a call. Because in the end of the day, as a human, we have neurons, circuits in our body, which says, yes, ice cream is delicious. No, this is too uh, spicy. And so, but our brain is not eating all that. We are just tasting it on our uh, tongue. This signal goes and the signal tells the brain that this is ice cream, this is not something spicy. So those signals are making a decision, a call to feel good or feel bad. Again, they can only be feel good or feel bad. Regularly, we are in the third dimension where we are content. Neither we are feeling bad nor we are feeling good. Means we are okay. So okay can be considered as a third dimension where we are fine with our current, uh, you know, circumstances and context. So the dish brain uh, is something that is in research for a while, and it's the next stage of incorporating the real microprocessor here next to your brain or brain cells in a dish on top of the microprocessor associated in some way. So this makes me immediately think of some of the sci-fi movies that have came out most recently, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. They visit, I think it was a ship that had biomaterial, but was also had a lot of tech in it. It was the, yeah. the combination, yeah. like you're explaining. Is that considered superior? Not superior. Rather, it is like Star Trek, what happened in the cyborg or the uh, Borg arena. The Borgs assimilate humans or other, uh, you know, creatures, and then they become one. But they all half human and half machine. That's how they actually has showed in the Star Trek. And that's where the dish brain can also be extracted because Star Trek has given us a cell phone and the iPads and all that jazz. So, I can share with you that there is a cortical lab in Melbourne, Australia, and the researchers have started working on dish brain in 2022. And the dish brain is to train a culture of human brain cells to play ping pong. And that was the first time the brain cells in the dish had been shown to be able to learn, perform a goal-directed task. And imagine the cells are biological, whereas Microchip is not. Once microchip or the computer processor learns how the cell works, that can be mimicked in the uh, microprocessor. So that's the learning for the computer. 
that is coming in using the human brain cells. And that's where the decision has now been made as cybernetic. That's another term that we can use for that. I recall reading an article maybe a month ago about a woman who was plagued with many, many seizures on a daily basis. And Mm -hmm. she had an implant put into her brain, some sort of a neural stimulator that had brought her seizures down to almost nothing or very minor if she did have them at all. And the funding is being cut off. And so she had no choice but to get this device removed from her because there was no maintenance, no support for it whatsoever. And I read this article and it was reading about her, what her life had been like prior to this implant versus what it was with the implant. And now knowing that she had to return back to this terrible life where she couldn't walk by herself, she couldn't drive by herself because she was having so many seizures. That's a case where, A, it's very unfortunate that the funding isn't there to continue for her. But it is intriguing to me to think about that, like you mentioned, the Borg, they wanted to conquer and resistance is futile. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you would have just turned it a little bit, they could cure virtually every disease out there. There was no illness. And just being at the cutting edge of that and looking around at members in my own family who have been ill or are ill and how this type of technology could fix the mistakes in our own systems Mm -hmm. is really incredible to me. I appreciate you sharing this and helping me to understand it. You mentioned the potential shift from linear to exponential growth in technological innovations due to AGI. Yes. How might this impact industries and what should businesses do to prepare for such rapid change? In today's world, it's very strange phenomena. You will pick, uh, you go to on LinkedIn and you will find there are tons of AI experts. I always ask these people one question, how much mathematics you know? What level of mathematics you have been exposed to in your life? Means every single day it comes to me that I know nothing. I have to go and redo my mathematical understanding of some phenomena that X plus Y is equal to Z. That means that we must know one of the two to figure out what the next could be. The, the fun part is y is equal to mx plus c is a standard linear regression with a coefficient associated with it, which tells us what is the potential next point can be. If we replace 1 with 2 with 3 with 4 with 5 and all that jazz, we can go minus 1, minus 2, minus 3 and all that. So it's a phenomena that we are uncovering at this moment that AGI's incorporation would be changing the landscape of the education organizations at this moment is in a situation of FOMO, fear of missing out. Everyone wants the AI, AGI, or Gen AI in their realm of business. The reality is people who are working in AI, where a very small quantity is available. Universities are providing quite a decent uh, way. I mean, since I'm a professor also of artificial intelligence, as well as I work in the industry, it, this is the right time to collaborate, right time to leave behind a certain, you know, feeling that, yes, we have the AI. I have seen many use cases where people are using 30 years old databases. We are working in AI. AI has nothing to do with the databases. AI has nothing to do with the data warehouses. 
data lakes, artificial intelligence or going to be artificial general intelligence is technically the amalgamation of algorithms which work with the features, with the instances, with the metadata. And a standard database is only a set of records. We can extract patterns using standard data science or machine learning, but to claim that we are using AI, where you might have never even looked at uh, Stuart Russell and Peter Norwig's book of artificial intelligence, that's alarming. And that's happening a lot. Speaking of books or intros, is there anything that you recommend for someone who's just starting out and who doesn't have that background of knowledge? That is the best question you have asked, and I would suggest you the book right now. That's why I turned, because that is my Bible that I'm using since 1900s. (laughs) That's the book. Artificial Intelligence, A Modern Approach. A Modern Approach. However, Stuart Russell and Peter Norvig have been working in this area for a very long time. This has been published, if I exactly find the details, 1995. And you feel like this is a book that's the level is good for the beginner? Yes and no. No, if you have not done any mathematics ever after grade 12, then you might have to go and do mathematics. You need to know mathematics at a level where you bare minimum have undergraduate mathematics in your backpack. And then read this book. This has knowledge management. This has how to write algorithms. What are algorithms? How the uh, looping uh, helps in finding out the next tree parsing. So a, a tree is nothing but yes or no. I have to make a decision. Now that's my route. I'll either make a decision in yes or no. Please tell me otherwise. I will not make a decision, right? That is meaning no. If I have to make a call that I have to go straight and then the T happens. Uh, if you're dri- driving on W.T. Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina, there was a time in North, you hit the uh, Mount Holly Road, and that is a T. You either can go right or you can go left, or you'll go and hit the, ro- the house right in front of the, uh, that, <laughs> right. there's a big house. So you will have to make a call that you have to go right or left unless you are in a helicopter. And then context changes. Context comes first. If you're on a horse, yes, you can. Might, you might go and cross and jump the, the fence and go on the other side. But then that's trespassing. So this book is readable by anyone. My son read it when he was in grade nine. On my request, on my suggestion, that see what book you can find in it. My daughter is reading this book. And so they have their own copies. I have spoken to Stuart Russell sometimes on uh, some ideas because I, I'm teaching uh, this book in my uh, several of my courses. And I took this uh, artificial intelligence course in 2006 at my second master's degree in Canada. So I can vouch for it. These are the fundamentals, significantly important. The another book that I actually found is, uh, that's the generative AI. I am actually finalizing a book on AGI, but that might take me another six months. Well, we'll definitely have you on. 
to learn about that book and to promote it. I just it. have only 90 plus pages written so far. I know you write fast, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. The development of AGI requires collaboration between governments, corporations, and researchers. How do you see these stakeholders working together to ensure AGI's safe and responsible development? So the fostering a culture of responsible innovation is number one. Developing clear and predictable regulations so all the entities which are working together are actually working in harmony encouraging transparency and accountability. And there's a humongous need of public and private partnership at this moment to conduct this research, to establish the ethical guidelines. So these are a few areas where GDPR is uh, pretty neatly working, which is the European Union, has adopted a general data protection regulation because in the end of the day, AGI deals with the data or will be dealing with the data. There is no AI if there is no data. If I don't have the glasses, that means I don't need the glass cover. That's a standard thing. And uh, if I say I use this credit uh, credit card for some odd reasons, MasterCard, then the data is that there is some money in an account. And if there is no money, this card becomes plastic. That can be a credit. That can be my own savings. So it's exactly like the same way in artificial intelligence. Collaboration is needed. Global Technology Solutions is uh, helping uh, its clients to collaborate with us. I was sitting down in a university meeting and uh, we were discussing that how we can incorporate the generative AI or AI in a standard contact center solution where a person is speaking with a student to solve something and a pop-up comes on the screen, which is technically predictable way to tell me if I am the customer service representative for the student, that have you looked into these FAFSA or have you looked loan applications or state funding applications? I might not be in, in that state, but since I'm utilizing a contact center, which is AI or AGI or Gen AI incorporated or enabled, then it's for me, it's pretty easy that someone is calling me from California would like to go to University of North Dakota, and I'm the one who's responsible to potentially provide solutions or, or answers or to the questions. And if I get the pop-ups for the state of California or for the state of North Dakota, then it's help me as an individual. And I might be sitting in North Carolina because it's a global situation now. I don't have to be in the state of North Dakota to tell the student what to do. That's an example that comes to my mind. What are your thoughts on the ongoing debate about AGI regulation and governance? How can policymakers strike a balance between encouraging innovation and addressing ethical concerns? So the regulations are needed. We cannot drive on the other side of the road. There is a legal implication for that. And also, it's uh, if I'm driving on the other side of the road, I'm putting myself in danger and someone who's driving on the other side of the road in danger. It can be fatal. Regulation is keeping me on my side of the road. So the ethical considerations of deliberately knowingly using AI to harm someone or something or some entity is is significant for us to look into, to suggest our senators, state senators or the uh, federal level uh, that we should utilize this 
amalgamation of algorithms in a way which is fruitful, not disastrous. So yeah, that's the idea. That is needed. Regulations are needed. The uh, people are utilizing the chat GPT and all these things in, in submitting their assignments in the universities. Whereas in the university, you have to be truthful. You are the one who's spending money to learn, which you will use in the future to earn your living. If you are cheating at this moment using ChatGPT or BARD and all that jazz, you can. It's rather good to learn and think how you can apply it on your assignment. But I have figured out and I've heard many cases of using these things that that's a destructive behavior of an individual, not that technology. Can we prevent that? Yes, we can. By making all these organizations liable if found their work is found in a guilty party, they should also be responsible of that. Uh, so that it's human entities. They should be responsible to mitigate those uh, utilizations. So kind of pulling this out to the macro level then. Yes. There's a lot of differing opinions yes. about how this should unfold on a global level that changes between country to country. And while you and I may discuss that we want this to proceed with ethics being considered, there may be some people out there in a different country who are not governed by the same rules and laws or desires that we are. So how do you see that unfolding in the future? Is this going to be something that, for example, maybe the UN has to implement some type of ruling on where AI can be used, how it can be used? Does there have to be a global system of regulation here and control? The exactly like uh, Civil Aviation Authority has regulations. We all follow that to safeguard human life. And a plane will land like this and plane will take off like this. And the traffic must be controlled at the airports. So that's a regulated industry. The transportation system is regulated. The train will go from this point to this point these times. That's a procedure which is actually came out of the existence from the policies implication and uh, implementation. Policies were the implications of regulations that came. Everybody has to reach at 9 a.m. in the work, 5 p.m., for example, uh, go home. Traffic congestion, the more frequency of subways, subway trains, that comes the regulation, policy, and implementation and becoming a procedure utilization of subway train. If we can do that, if we can regulate the medical, uh, FDA regulates the medical, NIH uh, issues the research work that has been uh, done in the uh, in the collaborative way. The CROs contract contract research organizations when they do the tests uh, for the vaccination. Those are all regulated. That is a research. AI is a research. So it just needs the uh, country level, continent level, and the global level collaboration to have implication for someone who's not following an appropriate procedure. Whichever country you go, there is a certain airport, certain you know uh, curriculum of going to the bathroom. There are the signs, and uh, you know a certain way to uh, come out of the airport. There's a luggage 
these are all procedures translated from the policies. Policies are translated from the uh, regulations. So that's a link, point A to point B. I got it. That's great. There you have it. Special thanks to our guest, Dr. Atif, for this rich discussion about AGI and, again, helping all of us to understand it. Thanks a lot, Dr. Atif, for sharing that knowledge and wisdom with us. Please share. How can we find you? On LinkedIn, you're welcome to find me, Atif Fareed Muhammad, PhD. Global Technology Solutions would come and you can find me there. To all of our listeners, we appreciate you joining us on this captivating journey. Stay informed and inspired by subscribing to our podcast for future exciting discussions and expert guests. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another mind-blowing episode of Bots and Bytes. This is Jess signing off. Stay curious, stay tech-savvy, and keep exploring limitless innovations and possibilities. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bots and Bytes. To learn more about the topics discussed in this episode, reach out to us at hello at globo-tek.com.